0: This episode of the Local Hustlers podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then I'm going to assume that you would also enjoy listening to audiobooks. Whether you're interested in business, history, comedy, science fiction, or romance, Audible has thousands of titles for you to choose from. We want you to try out Audible for free, so if you head to our link, you'll get a 30-day free trial and a free book. So, go to audibletrial.com slash local hustlers podcast to redeem your trial today. Again, that's audible, A U D I B L E, trial.com slash local hustlers podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Local Hustlers Podcast. This week, we're super excited to be here with Philip the Flipman Zweig. How's it going, Philip? Awesome. Good, good, good to have you. Thank Um, you. Yeah, super excited to uh, to get into the show, hear all about the flip business. Why don't you take a couple of minutes um, before we dive into that and give us a little quick background on your life.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, came out from the Midwest to Arizona State and uh, didn't know a soul except for my sister and just... uh, Ended up going to school there and took the five-year plan, loved it, and uh, ended up staying here.
0: Nice, nice. What brought you to ASU in the first place?
1: Um, We had a great uncle from Wisconsin, and then my sister came to school first. So okay. I kind of followed her out. Yeah. It was yeah. either here or staying in the cold weather. So.
0: Uh-huh. And what were you studying at ASU?
1: I started in business, uh, finance, then marketing, and then I ended up getting a degree in uh, exercise physiology because huh. I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy, but uh, got into the sales world shortly after graduating and never looked back.
0: Uh-huh. Well, tell us a bit about, I guess, why you originally wanted to get into to exercise and then what kind of steered you into another direction, into sales.
1: Yeah, so in college, I... Um, lived across the street from a gym and um I was pretty small and skinny in coming out of high school. So had a couple mentors even back then they're like, we gotta get you in the gym and then all of a sudden I became kinda addicted to working out and uh, <laughs> nice. became a bodybuilder at one point. Oh wow and then uh That's super just cool. love fitness. Yeah. And uh just everything about it. So uh-huh. switched the major and uh I thought I was going to go into that, but uh, did an internship with Xerox over the summer. And then from there, I graduated and then decided to take a break, but uh, never went back to school, physical therapy school.
0: Okay. And then, so you mentioned sales. How did you kind of get into that world?
1: Just, um, it, it fit me way better because I, I couldn't imagine sitting in an office. So I was just always out and about and, um, you know, I always worked at the restaurants, the bars throughout uh, college. So okay. it was just a natural progression and a good fit.
0: Yeah. So, so you're more of a people person. You like to be around people. And yep. Yep. I'd cool. like
1: to be, you know, out meeting new and helping people.
0: Uh huh. When it came to sales, did you, I, I don't know what you sold exactly, but was that important to you, what you were selling? Or do you just feel like you're a salesman at heart and you love to like learn about a product and figure out, you know, how anything can, can benefit someone? Um,
1: so, my first job out of college, again, I did the brief internship with Xerox, uh-huh. so I actually um, interviewed at some photocopier um, places, gotcha. businesses, and uh, a friend of mine from the gym, he was the manager. I didn't even know he was the manager there, so I ended up um, working for um, Unicopy Denka at the time, and it was a company out of Florida, but they basically give you like a... Two minute training and throw you out to the wolves. Oh wow! Like, so it's door to door, business okay. to business. Uh-huh. So like you go into medical offices, industrial offices, and try to sell this copy machine. Yeah, like, yeah. We just saw three other copy salesmen the same day get out of here. So it was a lot of rejection and stuff. Um, so I I did well at it though. I did it for about two years, uh-huh. and then I was looking for more formalized training. So went to the Career Services Center at ASU, found a company, Fortune 100 company called Automatic Data Processing. Probably way before your time, they did the (laughs) the checks. Um, So employees used to get paid by paycheck instead of direct deposit. They did that too, but they keep track of all the payroll taxes and everything. So my focus was from one to 99 companies, one to 99 employees. And did that for five years, loved it, made President's Club, had a great time, and uh, uh, amazing sales training, but it just, it's very, um, I'm I, I, more entrepreneur, I, I, I couldn't see myself being there 20, 30 years for in sure. corporate America, for so sure. that's when I met Charles, he was also at ADP, and um we used to run the mountain together he was showing me his rentals he was about 10 years older and mm-hmm. so i started buying rentals right away because okay. good income good um, tax returns stuff like that so uh-huh. i was able to qualify okay so was it was single. just uh,
0: another employee kind of d- did he like try to talk you into it were you guys partnering on deals together uh, or how did that kind of happen me. Uh-huh. like
1: yeah so we'd run up the mountain and he'd tell me about his rentals and then i go Helping him with his rentals and see what he was doing. And yeah. so he was creating a uh, passive income through through rentals.
0: Yeah. Was that something that you were like hesitant with at first or did it click right away? Like, this is what I want to do.
1: Um, I mean, I saw a few late night programs on t- television. Uh-huh. and So I bought like Carlton Sheets was one guy that was a guru back then. And so it, it did interest me because I knew I wanted to have children. And I didn't want to be at the beck and call of corporate America and have to, you know, oh I gotta go watch my son's basketball or my <laughs> daughter's recital. So like I the freedom is amazing. So I'd never miss a recital or for sure. Baseball, basketball, whatever. That's and, awesome. Uh, so it's been a fun, fun ride.
0: I bet, I bet. Um So you started with rentals. How did you transition more into the the flipping sort of side of the business? So I
1: listened to Carlton Sheets and then uh, Wade Cook was another one. He was doing stocks and real estate training. And Mm -hmm. um, I just like read up on it and um, I didn't know anyone doing it though back then. So this was like 22 years ago. Okay. And so- Before like
2: all the TV shows that are all about it. Yeah, yeah. Before it's the big thing um, to do.
1: And so, like, people are like, is that legal? Can you do that? that's crazy. So, um, you know, I just tried to build a team. So I wanted to find realtors. I wanted to find hard money lenders. I wanted to find title companies. And, like, even though I wasn't a flipper, I said I'm an investor because I did have rentals. Uh So um, I wore that hat. And then, um, you know, I was on my way out of corporate america i just wasn't feeling the passion anymore and so i had about maybe 40 40,000 saved in 401k's and 40 or 50,000 and so i cashed it all out got penalized mm-hmm. and you know my parents weren't too happy because they thought that was safe secure right and who, what what's flipping and you know stuff like that so yeah. did that and then i just i found a deal and this was in the Phoenix area, West Phoenix. Um, didn't have any workers or anything. And I had I had a hard-money lady, private-money lady, who believed in me, even though she really didn't know me that well. But, like, she let me 100% on my first deal. I just had to come in with the renovation money. And uh, she was older, and uh, we worked together for, like, four years, and she was amazing. So... Again, if you know what you want, the right people come along in your life. So that was kind of, everything kind of just started rolling.
0: Yeah, that's cool to see how it all kind of came together. Yeah. Um, and, and it goes to show that like sometimes in life things just, like you went into the sales job and not knowing that you were going to get into real estate, but because you did that, um, you met someone that that led you down this yeah. path that you're on yeah. now that you never would have been on otherwise. What's kind of your advice there when it comes to just like... Um, it, it, when a door opens, kind of, you know, testing out different opportunities that you have in life?
1: Well, I, I just think it boils down to your values and you got to know what you want because you could, like, you could have Bob tell you one thing, you have Tom tell you, yeah. like, so you got to just stay, like, in your lane mm-hmm. or, or try different things, too, but, like, you got to figure out what it is you really want and I, I think the right people will come along in your life.
0: For sure. Um did the, uh, the 08, 09 crash have a big effect on you?
1: I mean, yeah. So mentorship's really big for me. So, um, starting with Charles back, you know, 22, 23 years ago, but, um, Jerry and I were partners in 04. He had been retired at 50. So he was like a role model, man. I want to retire at 50. And, uh, so at 65, he got back into it. He moved from Salem to Oregon to Arizona and Uh I met him and uh, he became a friend, mentor, partner. Um, so we had we had tons of rentals, um, millions of dollars in rentals, and then the crash hit us and we're like, we were trying to figure it out, but we had like five on the flip market. We had all these rentals and you know, people are losing their jobs and we tried to work with the banks, but they wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. so, I mean, I, we ended up giving everything back except I kept my personal home. I kept two rentals, but everything else we lost. Wow. Lost in the crash. That's so,
2: crazy. I mean,
1: that I was almost, you know, checked, done with work. Like, it was just like we had that many properties rolling.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. And what was that like? not only financially, but like mentally to oh, be, to yeah. lose everything. Right. Like you said, you are almost done working. You're almost at that goal you wanted. And now it's, it feels like it's all gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, thankfully I had Jerry as a mentor partner. He had been through two other recessions. Uh-huh. Um, he was calming, but I mean, still it was, it was definitely devastating. I mean, so the, that next year I ended up getting divorced, you know, so you, you, I lost a lot during that recession wow. and, uh, but, I mean, I, I couldn't quit because that's all I knew. Like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. I just got to keep going forward. So um, ended up meeting two Canadian ladies who uh, were teaching the Canadians how to invest in the United States. And so I worked with 100 or so of their clients and did that for three years to start making money back again.
0: That's awesome. What's what's your advice for people who have gone through, you know, COVID's a similar situation where they've seen their business, you know, crash and burn because of, of circumstances that that's beyond them. What's kind of your advice to, to kind of get out of that hole and, and keep pushing through?
1: Yeah, I mean, what else can we do, right? You just got to surround yourself with positive people that care and love about, love you and good support system. Yeah. So, you know, I um, I have a lot of people that support me around me cuz Time sometimes as an entrepreneur get hard like you're like what do I do and exactly. there's no books on it you just gotta be out there doing it
0: yeah no I love that the people around you is, is so important um, and like all great entrepreneurs you've been able to pivot in, in multiple different ways to continue to grow your business one of those ways that I've seen recently is is with Airbnb um, can you tell us about the first time where you saw Airbnb and you kind of knew that that was kind of an, uh, another avenue that you wanted to pursue
1: so, at first, I, I saw the opportunity, but I didn't know I was going to pursue it. So, Sasha, he's a mentor of mine in the Airbnb business. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out from Canada about 13 years ago. He wholesaled me his first wholesale deal. He got out of wholesaling. He ended up being a um, luxury realtor, but 10 years ago, he got into the short-term rentals, and... So I met with him last year and he's like, Flip, I got you know a doctor getting divorced. He's got one in North Phoenix. Um, you wanna go take a look? And I'm like, all right, let's go look. So he's like, it's retail 189. I'm like, I don't really pay retail, but he sent over the financials and it just made sense. Uh-huh. So this was January of 2020. So I, I closed on that within a month. And then two days after I had my first guest, it was crazy because it was already running for eight years as an Airbnb. So he yeah. taught us prior to, to buying that, um, what to do, how to set it up, all that good stuff. And then I had three others that I was going to buy from that same client of his. But then the pandemic hit. So I'm like, oh, we got to see what's going to happen. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, waited until 2021. And I'm converting a number of my rentals into um, Airbnbs. And I just closed another one today, which was a MLS deal for 117000 So that'll be number wow. five this year, and we're going to hit 10.
0: That's super cool. Awesome.
3: Do you spend more time cleaning your pool than you spend swimming in it? Then call Flamingo Pools today. Flamingo Pools is your go-to swimming pool maintenance and repair company in the East Valley. Whether it's weekly maintenance, repairs, green to cleans, or one-time cleanings, Flamingo Pools will take care of you. Honest, reliable, and innovative. Just a few of the many good things Flamingo Pools customers have to say about them. Ask them about their mineral treatment, which will keep your chemical levels down, allowing you to have a healthier bathing experience. At Flamingo Pools, they know that your pool was made to be enjoyed, so let them handle the rest. Check them out at azflamingopools.com or give them a call at 480-422-6013. Mention this podcast and you'll get your first month of maintenance completely free. That's azflamingopools.com and 480 422 6013.
2: As you look at those rentals and consider it, hey, is this something that I want to flip over to a short term rental? What factors are you looking for to make sure that it will be a successful short term rental?
1: I mean, that's a great great question. I don't really know. I mean, I I can only know what I know. So like the Glendale one, it's a little scary for me because I hadn't been. there. I've owned that one since 2017, and I paid. I I got that really deep discount. I got that for forty four thousand. It's a condo, three bedrooms, two bath, um, eleven 1, hundred square feet. It's probably worth one sixty five today. But like, I went there, and I'm like. I went with my assistant. We're looking at, it and we're like, where's the HOA money going? Because like they hadn't overseeded. It was just kind of, it wasn't well. There was dead trees. So I was like, oh boy. And I had already wrote a note to the tenant that was there on a his lease was expiring. And I said, you know, unfortunately financially we can't. We're not going to be able to renew your lease. And yeah. so um, I gave him proper notice, but. So we went there, and uh, I, you know, you don't know. So my other three are rolling right now. This one I'll probably charge a little less, but, I mean, the great thing, it's a low mortgage payment. If it doesn't work, I'm fine. I'm putting, like, I think I'll put... Well, I'll do four thousand in Reno, and then like four thousand in Decor and stuff like that. So eight grand investment. Um, but it's by Grand Canyon. It's by Glendale Community College, two and a half miles from each of those. It's seven miles from like the uh, NFL stadium down there and the um, Coyote Hockey. So I feel pretty good. I mean, if I you know, I got to figure out what to price it at, but it's three right. bedrooms, and I could really make it nice inside. So I think people just want somewhere nice to sleep, and you know, so I feel good about it.
0: That's cool. Um, when it comes to Airbnbs, when you're looking for new properties now, is there anything in particular that you're looking for, like a certain amount of, of bedrooms or bathrooms,
1: or anything about the the size of the the yard? Um, I mean, so this year I unless something really pops out, um, I'm not going to be picking up new ones. I'm just going to be working on my existing rental gotcha. portfolio gotcha. as tenants leases expire. I'll convert those. But that's a great question. So I mean, you know, that first one's like three minutes from the airport. That Scottsdale one is like five, four miles from like the old town Scottsdale where mm-hmm. a lot of people love to hang out. So location's great but i mean people are just coming to arizona like right. my chandler one's far out there south but like folks you know the next guest is from south carolina and their home's not ready so they're gonna stay there for like 40 days this first guest was uh, from chandler their queen creek home was delayed so they stayed there for like 60 days so you know um arizona's a great state um I got a buddy who is from Fresno and he does uh, a lot of Airbnb, Airbnbs in California, but he's starting to come here to Arizona now. He wanted to meet with me for lunch. And um, yeah, so he's starting his Airbnb here. I know another gal who does only luxury Airbnbs manages those. So there's all kind of different for sure. niches that you could kind of figure out. Yeah. Like some guys... Like, Sasha just does He loves Central Phoenix. He loves the art, you know, stuff about that. Mm -hmm.
2: A couple questions about risk. Um, Do you see, you you mentioned you've got buddies that are coming here into the market and, and, you know, buying or or converting properties. to short-term, you're doing it. Um, Do you see a saturation point? Is there a risk for for over flooding the market with short-term rentals? How how do you see the long-term projection? I, I
1: think we're in a great... Um, economic place right now because unfortunately the hotel industry is suffering right now because folks don't want to go and stay around large groups of people they'd rather have like their own house or their own space so they'd rather go to the short term rentals because again say you're traveling with six people it's a lot cheaper too than getting a hotel so there's a lot of advantages there and I heard that one of the big hotels is actually getting into the short-term rental business now.
2: Yeah, you can do. Uh, you can get things through Marriott. Oh, is it the Marriott? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple advertisements for that. Uh, another risk uh, I'd like you to talk about is, um, you know, some neighbors might not be happy with having a short-term rental next to that. How do you manage that? How do you, how do you manage the relationship with the neighbors? Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, so,
1: for example, the Scottsdale unit, that one, we had four girls, I think they just graduated from college or something, they wanted to do a girls' night and go to the bars or whatever down there, so, unfortunately, um, they were pretty loud, so, the neighbor below, she's, I don't know, mid-50s or whatever, she complained, so, the Monday following, the um, prop, the HOA property manager called me and just said, you know, watch the noise, blah, blah, whatever. Um, and so what we're going to, what we do, though, is up front, like before you even book our property, we send them the rules. So after 9 p.m., if you're excessive in noise, we're going to fine you $750. So, I mean... We make it pretty evident up front, like, and we got their credit card. So, I mean, most people, if they have a problem with that, they're not going to book our unit anyway, yeah. so they could go somewhere else. That's yeah. fine. So, I'm at it for the long term, and I don't want to be dis- disrespectful to the neighbors. Um, so, we're, we're very um, thorough in the rules that we they have to abide by before um, going to the units. So... I think that's important.
2: And do you do the uh, the rules and the contract, the extra contract and the fine? Do you do that outside of the platforms uh, with your own um, communication? No, everything. Or is it all done through the platform?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a teenage daughter. She is doing all that for me, so I don't even touch it. Like, that's, hmm. that's not what I want to do. Yeah. I want to build the company and, you know, let her be the... Um, I called her a customer service rep. She didn't like that. Let her be the, <laughs> she's the property man, manager. The manager. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we are now super host, which is super awesome. Um, and she's very uh, like on top of it. So I think people like the communication as soon as if there's an issue, like we did have an issue um, with a leak. Like, cause I learned like before i launch them, I'm going to go stay there with, the kids or my the family for a couple days and check everything out before you go live because once you go live things could happen yeah so um she was concerned she's like you're gonna get a bad review dad and i'm like well you know we did what we could do let's see what happens because we communicated clearly with the guest um the the tub had a leak and it leaked to the downstairs and so um the neighbor downstairs was very upset. And so um, I was um, communicating with my daughter, t- telling her what to say to the um, the guest. And we had someone out there early the next morning addressing it. I said, don't use that tub. So um, end of the day, she ended up giving us five out of five because she was happy with the communication and hmm. that we addressed the issue the best we could. And people are pretty understanding I feel yeah so that was that was great that's cool uh,
0: you mentioned that you're a super host now how do you become a super host
1: um I was surprised I I wasn't shooting for. I mean I was just shooting to do the very nicest uh, reno to do the you know to treat people like you want to be when you travel like to if they need anything yeah just be there so um after you stay, you get reviewed, and you could review the guest. So um, we've had great. Let's see. So it's out of five. We got one person that was upset about like a um, air filter. So that out of nineteen reviews, I think we had one that wasn't perfect. Which I mean, people are people. So um, it's yeah. So we ended up having super host status because after so many. Uh, reviews if you you consistently achieve high numbers yeah cool cool um when it comes to
0: short-term rentals are there any more risks or i guess downsides uh compared to the the long-term leases or is everything else kind of like i mean
1: there's so many advantages yeah down from what i see because um you know with rentals um i used to have property managers but like Nothing as property managers, they, uh, sometimes it, it, I just found it better to manage, self-manage. And, um, when I self-manage, I didn't always go to my properties cause the rents were being paid. Now that's not always the best thing to do because mm-hmm. sometimes even though people pay the home may be like, holy cow, what happened here? Totally so necessary. yeah, that has happened to me. Yeah. So, um, but I had everything streamlined like I have a third party that collects all the rents. I got um, Ruben, who's been with me 12 years as a maintenance guy. If toilet breaks, anything breaks, like he, I just call him and he'll go charge me per job. So it's important. You have a good handyman maintenance guy, short-term, long-term is, is critical. Um, so everything was running well with the long-term, but what I found, now is people don't really stay in the property that long. All right, they're there a year, two years, they're moving to their own house, they're tra- transferring jobs, mm-hmm. so you have to go in and cost a business, you clean up, you, yeah. you know, paint, recarpet, whatever. Um so and like I said, the the cash flow is is not like cash flow with Airbnbs. Right. Um, and the cleaning lady Soon as a guest leaves, so say a guest stays three days like there and a couple this weekend, she'll be there the next day. So she'll report like anything wrong. So it's great that you have someone watching your property every three, four for days or sure. whatever. Yeah. Every yeah. night, next night. Like, right. So
0: that's super cool. Um, are there any more tips and tricks you have for just, you know, running an Airbnb business efficiently, being a good host, getting good reviews?
1: Yeah, I mean, communication, if there's an issue or problem, like, be all over it. And then the other thing I would suggest if you decide to get into it is um, don't let the business run you, let the business run you run the business. Because, for example, we had um, Dante, I don't know where Dante was from, but he stayed one night in the Phoenix unit, and I was out with the family. Um, my daughter's doing the, the app on the phone. She's like, how could we help you? And he calls right away. And like I said, just, no, we're not taking a call at 10 o'clock. I said, yeah. you got to set boundaries sometimes. So I, I said, just, you know, DM him back or whatever it's called. Ask him again. What's going on? Is there anything we, you need? Um, and he never replied, so we never heard from him and everything was good. So yeah, you, you really, again, and that's the thing with running rentals too. If sometimes people make things seem urgent, but they're not really
2: urgent. So
1: whatever he needed couldn't have been that urgent because he never told us what he needed. Uh (laughs) So those are things that, you know, don't let that control you because you're out with your family or you're out doing something like it's not that urgent i mean if it's a leak or whatever yeah just he'll let us know in the the message cool, cool so um and back to your question about um you know as far as converting so yeah everything that i own um i'm just converting so worst case it doesn't go good for the year turn it back into put it back. Rental. Yeah. so um yeah it's uh that, that's the goal, so this year I'll have eight at the end of the year mm-hmm. next year I'll have sixteen, so I want to have thirty two in four years and that's that's uh six fi- conservatively that's six figures a month if I have thirty two so I mean, that would be sweet right like, <laughs> right We're in Tahiti and your, your business is still running and you know checks are coming like money's being deposited so, can't complain yeah and it, it's real and you can't do that with long-term rentals i mean you could be the bank you could do you know it may it's going to appreciate but you know even with what i did back in the day i would i bought them wholesale and then 2008 i lost pretty much everything cuz that financial crash yeah, so yeah. that was a, a lesson but like um You know, I don't think we'll ever have that again, hopefully. Let's hope not. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that was What what was the big
2: lesson you learned from that crash in 2008 that you've uh, continued to apply? Because, you know, we're in a very strong market right now. And and prices are high. And there's been a large run-up, you know, similar to what you saw in 2005, 2006, 2007, right? So what lessons did you learn from 12 years ago that you're applying now?
1: Yeah, I mean, so my mentor, like I, I'm pretty, um, bread and butter property. So like, why don't you do million dollar houses? Why don't you do luxury? Like, so even then though, we, we couldn't like the market went down so fast. So we couldn't liquidate quick enough because the prices were just historically, like it was just overnight. Like we had four, five listings. I had five in escrow, but like all that stuff, even all the rentals, they just wiped us out, like, the banks wouldn't deal with us, so we gave almost everything back, I kept two houses, so, um, what I would say is, um, even, so we had 20% cash down in each deal with bank financing, and, yeah, so that was brutal, um, so you don't want to be too over leveraged, um, that's why I like the bread and butter, so say we have a dip, I could sell, like, uh, Glenda, like I could sell these little properties off, so they're two hundred, and they they'll sell very quickly for the most part if there's not a recession or anything. Um, so I I just feel like there's a lot of demand versus luxury is killing it right now, but it's like you know if something happens, I think that's the first to to go. Like even with the Airbnb, like people weren't traveling, and you got like a ten thousand. Dollar monthly income that's coming in and now you're not making any of that so i could survive on like some of my places are like a grand a month that i pay on mortgage or whatever so that's that's a cheap, like that's i have backup to be able to make that happen if something were to fall off the cliff mm-hmm. so going
0: forward because you want to get a couple more every year um and you mentioned you don't want to over leverage so you know where do you get the money for for these down payments for properties do you have this saved up do you have investors are you going to the bank or how is it Um, a mix
1: yeah i mean so a lot of i don't know how many of my properties like they like they've gone up in value um so from i only kept a couple from like when i bought them in 04 but Mm -hmm. then i started buying again in 2011 2012 so i was able to buy and you know um control them and i still do about five flips a year well i mean i was doing more last year but this year i'll do i'll i'll say five to seven this year so i mean that's cash that i get um and then, um, we'll see. I haven't really got to that point where I'm overstrapped right, right yeah. now. So I feel like if I'm going at this pace, it should, um, should be fine because I've been tempted to scale very quickly, but mm-hmm. like, I feel this is a good steady eddy pace like, sure. where it's not like over leveraging. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, you know, we could raise money pretty easy, but like, I don't need to grow that quickly. Um, because there's something called arbitrage too where you're actually subleasing rentals and I, I know a couple of guys in California that have done it and younger kids in their 20s and, and they blew up. But like if something were to happen, there, I, I just I'm a little more conservative I guess on my process right mm-hmm. now.
0: But your end goal, I mean, even being conservative, there's some some massive gains that you could get even at the yeah, pace you're going on. Yeah, because
1: again, at. if you're patient, you build it right. I think it'll. It's always gonna, like, it's gonna be solid, like the foundation like a foundation of a house. Yeah. Like, just make it strong, and I don't want to chintz like things in the house. I want to have them, you know, nicely done so it lasts. Cool. Cool. Um, well, I
0: want to talk a bit about your social media presence. So you are the flip man. Um, a lot of people out there doing different types of real estate. What made you decide to to lean in on social media?
1: Okay. So, um, yeah, that's a great question. So during the pandemic, I started on Instagram. Like I am pretty old school. So like even for um, when I used to wholesale, it would just be a phone call. Like, hey, yeah. Troy, I got this property and, you know... Richard would call me, hey Phil, I got this property. Um, and then I bring my checkbook, just write him ten thousand dollar checks. But again, technology, everything's changed. I was in the house during the pandemic. I met with a buddy of mine, Pace Morby. He's very big in sub twos, and uh, we were having lunch. He's like, You know everyone here, but like he was he's very in Instagram and social, and so he told me that. I'm like, dang, you're right. So I hopped on my um, Facebook Messenger, and just from that, like, I got three deals, and it was just, I was on the couch. Wow. <laughs> so, I I figured it worked, so about two weeks later, Debbie, a friend of mine, helped me get my Instagram account, um, and it just was fun, and I ended up meeting people from all over the country at the pandemic that were doing what I was doing or Mm -hmm. wanted to learn what I was doing. So it's, it's all on Instagram right now. I have YouTube and some other things, but like every day we shoot, um, well we store content and put on educational stuff that I've learned over the years and tips, tricks, stuff like that. So that's been super cool. That's cool.
0: And what's kind of the long-term goal with that? Is it to, to I guess, mentor and train, or is it more to find clients or find investors? Um,
1: I mean, yeah, that's a great question because um, beginning of the year of 2020, I was going to make classes and, uh-huh. um, you know, sell programs and all that. Cody Sperber, I don't know if you know the green elephant, but uh, I was actually, um, he's giant on social and uh, he's been in the game geez, Facebook for like 15 years or something. So he's all over the country. And Mm -hmm. so I was actually, um, I've always worked out of the house, but I got an office down at his place last year. So that was super cool. Um, So I thought about the the, um, coaching, mentoring, I've done that before, but um, I wanna, it's very like, unless you set up all the systems and all that Um, it's a lot that goes into it. So for me, um, I enjoy giving out the free content and, you know, just helping people with tips and, you know, things that I would have done differently or, or so forth. So that that's, there's not a, it's just a network. I think the networking is Mm -hmm. crazy good. And, you know, I want to do a few spec homes down the road. So there's just so many different things you could do with, uh, partners or like people just reach out to you and, There's another flip man, which he's in Alabama, and I never knew, because I, we we all, like back in the day, so my partner, his nickname was Flash, we had Thunder, they called me Flips, we all had nicknames. And so um, I was in an event in Tempe, the Go-Givers, and Ty from Alabama, He's also he's big on YouTube called The Flip Man. So oh, we look good. nothing alike though. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> so can't mistake you. Yeah.
2: Let's uh, talk a little bit about that you said you're at a, the uh, Go Network event. I want to talk a little bit about your network cuz some people might argue, well, you know, you're giving away all your tips for free. Like you're increasing your competition and people are hearing and 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 you're you're not getting anything from it, you know, financially if you will. Uh, and it takes a, a givers mindset to overcome that selfish uh, desire right to, to hoard all right, right. insider tips and tricks and the lessons you've learned could you just maybe share an example or a story where um, you know be, because of your giver mentality uh, maybe you got a, a contact or, or some kind of uh, some kind of benefit from just having that giving mentality that you have
1: yeah I mean you you know i think i was reading the the seas like there's a sea that flows there's one that's totally dead and so like if you're flowing into other people like regardless you're gonna get back like whether you're serving helping them out do something that you went through or whatever it comes back tenfold so that like tight holding info in i mean for me, like I don't I'm not attracted to those people. I I, I feel like there's so much opportunity. Um, and you share that and then it's up to that person to make it happen because it's once you share it, they, they got a little start, but like they gotta make it every day. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not always easy. Cool. So, um,
0: and I just remembered you have a meetup as well, right?
1: Yep, yep. So we do um, flip Arizona. Um Magnus title company, uh, sponsors it with me, Jason Heinen. So we started that about a year and a half ago. And, um, so I was kind of the, it, it, it started as education, like come learn about fix and flip. And so every month I would have, we have a lot of high level real estate people in Arizona. It's crazy. Like compared to other States, like a lot of the big wigs are here. So like Stephen Trang, Pace Morby, Brent Daniels, all those guys. I always have a keynote speaker, and I go way back with a bunch of these guys from when they started. So um, it's pretty cool that they come and speak at the events. And that's a new school mentality, too. We're just here, like, giving out information. because They're the same way. And um, it was amazing when I saw some of the things they were doing, because that old school thinking was like you're my competition i'm not going to give it away (laughs) yeah yeah now it's like here let's let's partner let's collaborate together and that's pretty cool i thought so that. that was a formation of the uh flip arizona and yeah so every month we'll have a special uh keynote speaker um that breaks down whether it's sub two or uh brent talked about he did december he's uh TTP, he does a lot with training people how to wholesale and Hmm. stuff like that. So, um, yeah, every month we'll have one of those. And then I do pop-ups too. Both these things are free in Arizona. So every time I'll launch a new Airbnb, I'll share the reno costs, the numbers. I'll uh, share because there's the reno and then there's the decor, the staging, all that. So I'll break all the numbers down, what we did what it costs me, you know, what are some of the problems, challenges, and then um, stay there for a couple hours answering questions and wow. kind of sharing that info.
0: So many people are so, like, they want to keep that to themselves and they don't want to share that. Um, we've already talked a bit about, like, the benefits of having a giving mindset, but where did you develop that mindset?
1: Oh, man. So, um, years ago, I read a book, Real Magic, by Wayne Dyer, and so... If you squeeze an orange, what do you, you get it? orange juice. So like if you squeeze some like it, it, it comes back. It's so interesting. Um so I've always I have hundreds of books at the house where I I I was always the one in the Barnes and Noble reading the self development, the psychology and you know, Zig Ziglar just a lot of the top um authors and so forth. So Tony Robbins was amazing. I did the firewalk three times. So like just they teach a lot of that technology. Where it's uh, to achieve big things, you 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 gotta give great things to people. So like um, it 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 does come back, and it may not come back from that person that you're giving to, but mm-hmm. I feel like it it definitely has come back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, another question on flipping: How similar or how different is? The process of flipping a house to what you see on, like, HDTV. Oh, my goodness.
1: So, like, um, I don't watch a lot of those, but um, we used to for a while. We were watching that. So, um, it's a lot of it is uh, director stories. Like, you know, they have to make it dramatic yeah. for people to kind of watch and uh-huh. stuff like that. So, um, years ago... Um, John Ray, um, they used to have these guys down at the auction. Doug Hopkins, they did a show and all that was staged. John mm-hmm. told me, like, so, like, that was like they would give them, like, how to act if you're gonna conflict, fight. So, <laughs> but I do like the design aspects because, okay. like, they're super cool on the new, like, latest, greatest because yeah. we're always evolving, changing. So, to me, that's exciting to see someone take it from here and make it like amazing mm-hmm. and that that's exciting so the other stuff is kind of drama and you know <laughs> the numbers they never disclose the real numbers right right uh, and it's changed because so many people from hgtv now want to be full-time flippers full-time wholesale mm-hmm. full-time hard money that was never the case 20 years ago yeah yeah so it, so there
0: is some benefit then i think so shows i and, think so yeah, yeah and cool. they're
1: Super cool, like, just to see what their different states are doing and different, like, buildings, houses, and
0: stuff. That's cool. And like you mentioned, they don't usually go into the financials, of that sort of thing. Uh, And you don't have to get super specific with us, but could you maybe walk us through, like, a deal, maybe the financials when you purchased it, kind of, like looking into, okay, I'm going to have to put this much into it. This is much how we're going to get out of it. And with all the different costs involved in in holding and such, you know, uh, what you're going to get.
1: So, um, I could give you a couple different ones. So the Scottsdale one, um, I never used to buy condos because I was was always scared of HOA and fees, but 10 years ago, I like changed my mindset because, um, you can make a lot of money on condos and, you don't have to remodel the um, exterior because they usually do that for you. Mm-hmm. So, Daryl, he's a realtor, and I work with multiple realtors. I mean, if realtors say, oh, are you are just gonna work with me? You can't. It's like asking them <laughs> just to work with you. <laughs> they, they need clients and you need multiple realtors. Yeah. So, Daryl and I would talk on the phone every day. We had this software that would scan the MLS. And so we got some deals from there, but he was taking his, um, Uh, Canadian client, to look at these um, condos in Scottsdale, she found one that they wrote an offer, got accepted. The seller of that unit said, you know what, I have five more. I'm not going to put them on the MLS. Do you want those units, Daryl? And Daryl came to me. He's like, Flip, I got five. He wants this price, um, but you got to buy all five with the tenants. I'm like, all right. And I guess he was selling those to get he was moving to Hawaii or whatever. So, um, I'm like, man, let's look at the numbers. Um, for those five, I paid $837,000. Um, and like, I'm like, Oh shoot. Like, so, you know, that's a large purchase for me. Cause most of my stuff is three, two, four, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. So I, I called a friend of mine who, um, is a private money lender he looked at the deal. He's like, "I'll lend you 615,000." So, now I got 615 to 837. I got to come in with 200 and some thousand. I had a another guy that saw me on Instagram or somewhere, and he's like, "Flip, I'll, I I want to work with you." So, he came in with the other 200 or whatever to close. So, I had zero out of pocket. Wow. He even brought the money to renovate him. And I flipped three of those, but I kept two that I'm turning into Airbnb. But that deal alone, I mean, that was amazing because each of those flips, we made about 35000 40000 and they're even going up higher. So we sold them over the summer. Um, so that one, I just acted quick. You should always have your proof of funds letter um, ready. And I mean, that was a sweet, sweet deal. Yeah. And that was from a realtor. Um, Another deal that I am selling this month is in Kearney, Arizona. Town of 2000. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, so (laughs) a a buddy of mine sold me one last year. And now I got three up there. So um, a wholesaler brought me that deal. And it took like six months to close. But I only paid like $55,000. I got a 1,600 square foot home. I got a half acre for fifty five. I'm in escrow to sell the the house, but I'm going to keep the back half acre and i want to put um, mobile trailers on it and rent those out. So I got that at fifty five. Let's see, we're under contract at one twenty four. So that's a giant spread, one twenty four to fifty five. Plus, yeah. I got the bonus of the back. So again, I'm a little more picky nowadays on some of the stuff because I'm okay. Like. But 124 to 55, my handyman put about 10 into it, so I'm at 65 plus my holding cost because I got a private um, money loan on that. So, you know, 65 to 124 plus real estate, that's that's a good spread. Yeah. So, um, you don't want to overpay. So that's a lot of new investors that get so excited about getting a deal. Wholesalers right now are like I don't know who's buying these deals because they're um re- they're selling like at a very high like the discounts not there like you like but they're selling them like crazy and right. someone's paying them <laughs> so <laughs> yeah huh. um but that's a couple of deals recently that Awesome. I to you know,
0: appreciate you diving into those cuz I think for a lot of new investors or people that want to get into it like it's hard to once you look at your numbers like is this good or not cuz you don't always hear, you know, examples and you don't know.
1: And things always come up. Yeah. Alan. yeah. So like you gotta know, like, I have 11 pages that I made with every cost, and I actually, that's only one thing I sell, that's like 25 bucks if anyone ever wants it, um, but it breaks down all the costs of uh, material, labor, like, hmm. you know, what you should pay, because that was hard, like, when you first start, like, yeah. I don't know, what does it cost to scrape the popcorn, what does it cost for an AC, what does it cost for the new roof, like, right because if you're overpaying you're not putting money in your pocket and yeah. it's like i'm not doing this to give the money away so <laughs> you know in contractors typically they mark it up like 15 20 so mm-hmm. they're making money but you go to resell it you got your hard money cost you got your contract and like there's no money left so right, It's like right. so numbers are are big you really got to Know the AR after repair value too. So you have mm. to have a realtor help you if you're not a realtor yourself. I, I'm not a realtor. I just am, always want to be an investor.
0: Yeah. That was my next question. So a realtor is someone good to talk to to kind of know what the oh, are going to do. Oh my gosh. I think
1: it's a great, um, great to have on your team because, again, I I don't do a lot of marketing, but realtors over the years have brought me deals. Yeah. They're like, hey, because you close on them. Um, if they bring me a deal they get the back end if I flip it so they get double commission too, which is great so Realtors that understand so one of the questions I learned to ask early on is are you an investor yourself? Have you helped investors because there's a lot of Realtors? So you got to make sure they understand investing For sure that makes sense um, two more questions just
0: kind of for geared towards new investors or people that want to get into to real estate Um, First, with with capital, how important is it to have money? Is it super important, or you've mentioned so many ways with hard money, private money, um, loans. Is there a lot of ways to to find the money if you don't have it?
1: I kind of started, like a lot of the new stuff right now is teaching you how to wholesale to make money so you can do your first fix and flip. I started like the opposite. opposite. Yeah, I started flipping, and then naturally, because I was having so many contracts come in, I wholesale some of them hmm. out and yeah. wholesaling is great because it's quick money and you don't have to wait, you know, on your return. Yeah. Um, but again, do you need money to make money? I, I don't think so. You just need to be a hustler. You need to be smart. If you don't have money, you gotta be aggressive. You gotta work hard because the first couple of years are extremely hard. Network like crazy. Go to every event, show up like and the deals will start coming like anything. Once you do your first one, the second, third come and lock up the deal. Just lock it up and then, you know, call me, call anyone because if you buy it so well, you're going to have money. Like the money's the easy part, really. It really is. Hmm. I like that mindset.
0: So it is possible, you're saying, if you don't have A yeah, percent, yeah. No excuses. Yeah. Then. Love it. Um, and then for someone that's wanting to get started what's like that first step that you would would tell someone to take if they're wanting to get into
1: real estate investing I mean there's so many mentorship programs out there I would if you don't have the money go like work for someone like chat like hey go pick up like their like whatever it takes to get your foot in the door because nowadays with Instagram all that stuff is accessible like, yeah you could reach out to anyone and say hey you know, are you hiring? Can I work intern for you? Like, uh, Clever does a ton of interns. and Really? Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunity um, if you're willing to work hard and tr- trading the knowledge for maybe not getting a paid internship. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a good route to go um, to get your foot in the door. Yeah, that's right. That's right.
0: Any any last piece of advice you have for us that, that we haven't asked you about and that you haven't shared so
1: far before we get closing up here? Yeah, I I would just say, Alan, don't overanalyze things. Um, Thomas, you know, there's all always gonna be a Thomas out there. He would see what I was doing years ago. He was an engineer mindset and I love engineers. Like Steve trains an engineer. Those guys those guys are great to have on your team. They're very into systems and you know um but there's that switch where you're i don't know if you guys ever heard analysis by paralysis so like you're and analyzing what if what if what if in 20 years thomas has still never done anything in real estate he's (laughs) went to everything he knows it all but he's never (laughs) jumped in the pool Uh so that's the thing he had the engineer type mindset and he would drive with me and always ask me questions and i i welcomed him but after so long i'm like man you just gotta jump in because that's the only way you learn is like get in and do it and um you don't have to be perfect you're gonna mess up like yeah i still do cool
0: i think that's that's one of the keys just understanding that you don't have to be perfect because so many people are nervous to make a mistake and they it try to wait yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah what if
1: i lose right. what, but again um you got to take chances right so mm-hmm. what's the worst that can happen i mean exactly
0: yeah, I think that's one of the keys is taking the jump because there's so many people that are in that, that analysis process like For sure. you mentioned.
1: Yeah, and it is scary but again, if you're, I don't know, 20, 22, 24, the other thing is I've seen those guys that have no fear. Like, they don't have much to lose. Like, they're just yeah. they're living on their own and same with the girls. Like That was you 22 years ago? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I don't have, like, any responsibility. I just got to work and make it happen, so.
0: Awesome. Um, you've you've mentioned your plan with with Airbnb moving forward, um, and then in terms of being the flip man with social media, do you have any sort of long term goals with that?
1: Um, as far as the social media, yeah,
0: just kind of your plan moving forward. With yeah, that. I
1: mean, again, um, eventually we'll we'll will develop some webinars and courses mm-hmm. and classes. We do get a lot of people that like the information, so um, I will put it in. Um, something so we could share it but uh, long term that would, would definitely be the, the goal yeah. um, to, to do that and um, just keep growing the Instagram um, I, I do it organically right now and I feel like I'm still in control of my DMs and t- getting to know people right, so right. for me that's what I'm doing right now organically and that's really the only platform I'm on the other platforms if they go to my Instagram they could see on my link tree, the YouTube channel, the meetups, all that, but like every day, um I'm posting on Instagram something, yeah. whether we're renovating Glendale, mm-hmm. whether we're gonna have a pop up, you know, so there's always good tips on there too.
0: Awesome. And there's so much good information on there. So if you haven't checked out the mill on Instagram, you gotta I mean, go I
1: think that's how we met, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Through Instagram.
0: And that's how you meet so many of our guests is just through networking on Instagram and just everyone posting and, and meeting new people and businesses. Yeah, yeah. It's game changer for sure. sure. Um, so Philip, before we close up here, I'm curious just to hear your opinion on the current state of the market. You hear a lot of different things, whether it is a good time to buy or sell. What's kind of your professional opinion on where we're at in the market?
1: Well, we look at the interest rates, the mortgages. I mean, they're historically low, it's, it's a phenomenal time for, for buyers. I mean, I have friends now all over America from Instagram and, uh, the market is is hot all over mm-hmm. um i mean arizona especially is a top state in the country and yeah you know it, it's it's interesting because of the um the expansion we still have a lot of growth based on um the availability of land it's pushing to the outskirts a lot of companies are coming amazon big big players are coming to arizona it's affordable so uh, i'm i'm excited we got builders coming out here we got uh, a lot of growth ahead
3: well,
0: Philip, we've really enjoyed having you on. Uh, yep. I want to get let you get back to the rest of your evening. Before we close up, we've got a quick game we're going to play with you. Okay. Um, so how it's going to go is we've got a list of 20 questions, and you've got a minute on the clock to answer as many of them as you can. Okay. So we'll see how you do compared to uh, other guests we've had on the show. All right, do you want to start us off in three, two, one. Your dream vacation. Uh, Fiji. Uh, first thing you'd buy if you won a million dollars. Lambo. Your favorite hobby. Uh, hiking. If there was an Olympic competition for everyday activities, what activity would you have a good chance at winning a medal in?
1: Oh, boy. Let's see. That's a tough one. Um, Dang it. Let's see. Bowling.
2: A song you've been jamming to lately.
1: Uh, Candyman.
0: If you live to be 100, would you rather have the mind or the body of your prime self?
1: Uh, Mine.
2: Your favorite holiday.
1: Uh Christmas. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh sure orange sugar.
2: Favorite fictional character?
1: Uh
0: Superman. Favorite smell? Uh
1: Starbucks. What's your nickname? Flipman. Yeah. <laughs> Pat peeve. Pat peeve. follow if people don't follow through. Your
2: favorite restaurant?
1: Uh let's go with Pita Jungle. Nice, I love nice. <laughs>
0: Nothing I mean, like some that pita <laughs>
1: Yeah, good stuff. Awesome, we got uh,
0: 13, so not bad. But, okay, uh, cool. Um, um, oh, did you no. want
1: people to know my Instagram? Or? Yeah, okay. yeah. I was
0: just gonna say. Um, f- first of all, thanks again for coming on, sharing all that information. Um, and just your giving mindset, and being able to share that information not only with us today, but just through all of your social media platforms, really appreciate that and all you do. Um, so why don't you let our listeners know where they can find more about you? Um, Sweet, yeah.
1: So Instagram for right now, it's at flipping underscore az. And then on the link tree, I do have a free ebook. Uh, it's about a ten-page ebook about fixing flipping the beginning stages and what you do. And uh, all my other platforms that I'm on uh, are on the link tree on my Instagram. Cool, cool.
0: And I know you have a a little special offer for our listeners as well. Do you want to kind of tell us what that is? So
1: every launch of a new pop-up, you guys are more than welcome to come and um, to the event. It's usually Saturday morning from about 10 to 12 where we will – I break down all the rental costs, all the um, decorating staging – best deals what i learned from my airbnbs and i'll share that and answer questions cool awesome
0: um thanks again for coming on and taking time out of your day to to talk with us it's been fun all right cool we'll talk to you later i appreciate it Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. Just a few things before we go. First off, if you or someone you know is an entrepreneur in the East Valley, we'd love to have you on the show. Please get in touch with us by emailing us at localhustlerspodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at localhustlerspodcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for the latest news and updates. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please take a few seconds to rate and review and hit that subscribe button. It lets us know how we're doing and helps us grow so we can reach more locals, entrepreneurs, and help small
2: businesses grow. Thanks, guys.